Hi, and welcome to Talking to Artists, a casual weekly conversation where artists share their inspirations, process, challenges, and business ideas to give art lovers and aspiring artists a peek behind the curtain. I'm Kate Taylor, full-time Canadian artist and your host today. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Talking to Artists, a casual conversation with artists that for art lovers and would-be artists and inspiring artists can help kind of understand a little bit of what goes on in the life of a working artist. So I'm very excited today to have Sheila Davis join us. She is a very dynamic landscape painter and I got really, uh, I would say, totally absorbed in one of her YouTube videos she did about washing her oil brushes, which I just thought was kind of fascinating, but I'm sure she'll talk a little bit about that. And I'm just going to see if I can just get Sheila to come right in. Oh, here hello, she comes. Hello, hey. hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Am I coming I'm in okay? Perfect. I don't yeah. think I'm very far from you right now. Well, where are you? You're on Lee side, I think you said. My mom's in Lee side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My studio is at Lee side, just at uh, yeah. Laird and Eglinton. Yeah. And she's just at Millwood and Southville. So oh, yeah. Far at all. Yeah. 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 That's cool. So, so what are you doing there then? Uh, Painting? She had or? a new recliner delivered yesterday. So I came to help her move furniture and try it out. <laughs> <laughs> and how is it? Is it good? It's very comfortable. It looks huge right now, but it's quite comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. My in-law, my father-in-law had one delivered and it was like this great red leather chair, but it also lifted up so he could actually like it helped him oh, stand yeah. no, up, which is was not, pretty hers is crazy. Not that fancy. We, Ethan Allen. In fact, I keep telling her she needed a recliner because she's 88 and she's threatened to disinherit me now if I keep reminding her of her age. So, um, I, I, anyhow, it's lovely. So, it, I made her buy. Have a big... um, about uh, two months ago, I uh, bought her new TV cabinet and, and we ordered her a uh, 50 inch smart TV. So she went from a 32 inch smart TV to a 50 inch smart TV. So, because I can't see that far anymore. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, we, we had the same thing at the cottage. My parents had, you know, I mean, just a bit of those basic, I don't know, catheter tubes, I guess. The yes, TV was yes. like four <laughs> years old, right? And the whole point was, well, it's at the cottage. So if someone's going to break in and steal it, they're not going to want to steal the TV. But I'm like, okay, that's fine. Except for the fact I can't see it. The sound is shitty. And yeah. <laughs> it just isn't working. Yeah, <laughs> so. it might vote for sure. Yeah. Is your yeah. hair pink? It is, yeah. I love it. I Thanks, love yeah. It. I did. Cool. Uh... It's getting so long, eh? It is. And I was just getting bored and I was actually cleaning up my studio because I was, I had uh, a whole bunch of stuff that was left over from Kaleidoscope, like, you know, 4,000 paper clips and stuff. So I'm cleaning a bunch of stuff out and I came across this manic panic pink and I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to do oh, that I, today. I thought you were going to say you used acrylic paint, which I guess would work. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably wash it through. I'm not sure it lasts very long. Put yeah. it over red in your hair. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> it would hit a stainer. It would probably work. So I used to do that with, I used to have a white dog and when we did art shows, I'd take that pink chalk and like paint him out. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought great. that. I have two white dogs. <laughs> They're great for a palette. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've had one that's been varnished before. So yeah, he's, he's not too impressed with that. Yeah, I was taking um, nope. uh, a, a liter of varnish out of my cupboard and whacked the cupboard, you know, by accident and the whole thing went flying and he happened to be standing there. So now oh, as soon dear. as I start swinging panels around or pulling out packing boxes, <laughs> they just leave. They go to the he door runs. and they just, they want out. Yeah. They don't yeah. want to be in there. Yeah. Well, that's safe. That's safe. Yeah. Yes, I know yeah. Our, our dog too used to get a cut or you step in paint and then you have these little, you know, turquoise paw prints on your yes, wooden floor. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah, not we, so good. we have cats that like to do that. So I have a cover for my palette when I'm not painting. Because, uh, of course, it's right inside a window and there's birds right there. So if they happen to get in the studio, um, yeah. they, they take a run for that window. So, yeah. And <laughs> well, an afternoon and cleaning cadmium red light out of an oriental carpet once. Oh, yeah, that's not good. That's no. not good. No. <laughs> and, of course, you paint oil, too, right? Yes, so it doesn't I do. dry yes. so quickly. Yes. Yeah. No, it doesn't dry and it, and it grinds in nicely, you know. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah. sounds kind of brutal. <laughs> yeah, it's very brutal. Yeah, so going around with um, odorless mineral spirits trying to get this paint out of the carpet. Yeah, I should have just left it and done the rest of the carpet so it matched. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, and it's funny you say that because I paint in acrylic, so it, it's yes. pretty fast. And the reality is if it gets on the floors, you can kind of mostly peel it up. So it's a pain, but it's right, not a huge, yeah. huge issue. Yeah. But I don't know if I was telling you, but probably about 
six weeks, five or six weeks ago, you posted a video of you cleaning your oil brushes. Oh, 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 my container. I was totally enthralled, I have to tell you. Like, I'm, because I don't. The, changing the container, getting the sludge out of the container. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even know sludge yeah. was a thing. So. Yeah, sludge is, and some artists <laughs> actually keep it and use it for an underpainting or something. Yeah. Oh. No. Yeah. It's nasty stuff. Yeah, yeah well, but it does. Yeah. Well, and eventually what happens is, is like your your container, mine are big, mine are about this big, about 12 inches yeah. tall, and they have a basket in them. So all the sludge sits down under the basket. But when it right. gets, starts getting really full, then your your cleaning fluid, be it water, whatever, doesn't um, doesn't get clean, right? You've got all this oh, sediment yeah. floating around in it. So about once a year, I have to change it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Yeah, so it's I work a with a palette knife, so I just job. wipe them off on my pants, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I said you can always tell an acrylic artist from an oil artist because acrylic artists wear all these funky clothes with paint all over them, and oil artists wear aprons. Yeah. <laughs> because you can't go in the house with paint all over your clothes. That's a major no-no. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I know my sister does that, and of course you get paint on everything. But it was funny. I was talking to Lisa Hickey um, a couple months ago, and she was uh, she paints sometimes acrylic, sometimes oil, mm -hmm. and she was doing oil. And she said, yeah, I can't believe it. I came in here and I couldn't find my palette. And I was looking for my palette. And then she realized she sat on it. So she had all this red paint all oh, over no. the ass of her pants. Oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, no. That's not a good look. <laughs> so I guess if you travel to your studio, you should always keep an extra pair of clothes in your studio. Because you couldn't wear yeah. those on the subway no. to get home or anything, right? So, yeah. No, for sure. Our, yeah. backyard's, well, pretty, our backyard's very private. So I could probably run to the house butt naked and nobody would see it. <laughs> <laughs> that's that eccentric artist in the neighborhood oh, yeah, again. Sure. yeah the neighbors would just go oh, there she goes again yeah that's right <laughs> no we we have 10 foot hedges around our property so you can't nobody can see through oh right? lovely yeah. yeah yeah we've never had yeah, my... a backyard where we haven't had total privacy i could never move to a subdivision i'd be arrested in no time <laughs> yeah so what have you been up to other than this oh uh well this has taken up quite a bit of my time. I'm actually in the process of trying to figure out how to convert it to an actual podcast because a lot of people said that they tend to listen versus uh, watch yes. it. Yeah. Um, so that's been kind of exciting. So I've figured out how to pull out the audio and kind of go through and get rid of all the ums and ahs. I didn't realize I'd made so many of those as I was talking I think and stuff. Everybody um, knows that. Yes. Oh. Getting rid of that stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, now just trying to figure out the actual logistics of, you know, it's like, Oh, but you put your RSS feed here. I'm like, well, I don't really know where my RSS feed is or how to get it. So anyway, that's been kind of that interesting. Is, yeah, no, I think we're all going through that. I've actually on my way home today at Best Buy, you know where that is. I'm stopping to pick up a, a Blue Yeti. Black oh, I have one of those. Do you have one yeah. of those? I don't know yeah. if I need one, but I'm I'm going through peer pressure here. And I was talking to um, Shelly Pryor. I don't know if you know Shelly Pryor. Uh, she's a watercolorist that does a lot of teaching and she just bought herself this really fancy webcam that actually has a 10 times optical zoom so she can control it with a remote while she's filming. That's pretty cool. But it's like $600. <laughs> so I'm trying to tell my little brain, you don't really need that. <laughs> yeah, I, my, well, I had this concept of a podcast over two years ago. So my husband two years ago bought me the Yeti mm -hmm. to do the podcast. Right. Um, and it's great it's just that i find that the way i've been doing talking to artists i tend to be on the go so i'm uh, like sometimes in my, my my car or cottage so it's kind right of big here, to carry around right? yes and that's the yeah. thing yeah and uh, you can get one that has an input for your phone um, yeah. which is kind of neat but it's something else to carry around right we're all going to be big. carrying big yeah. are they big <laughs> yeah no they're, they're big and they're heavy they're great the sound quality is amazing yeah that's um, what so I you get. definitely get better say sound. they use them for voiceovers if they're doing videos yeah. so yeah, I'm trying to get set up right now. All I have for my webcams is I'm using the Logitech 922, which is really good. And they actually have a built-in mic. Um, I did a, a little class the other day, and a few people said they couldn't hear me. But that was probably just me mumbling to myself as I paint. <laughs> um, yeah. Probably obscenity, so it's a good thing they shouldn't hear. Um, exactly. <laughs> but you know, trying to get the logistics and everything else set up for doing Zoom or vir virtual workshops. And, you know, it's not... Uh, I always say watercolorists have it easy because they have one camera pointing down because they work flat. That's the yeah. other thing you have to worry about online is these arms. And of course, if you work at an easel, 
there's no way to get that perfect shot at your easel without standing right in front of the camera. That's what I'm dealing with right now. So I'm trying to get the perfect setup to start yeah. doing some, some workshops because I haven't been teaching. I mean, I did the odd demo, but you know, when you do those workshops, I, I was only doing four or five a year, but they're a good chunk of your income. Well, it's funny because I, I did a, I didn't do really a workshop. I did more of a live demo over two, over yeah. two sessions. I did a painting and I paint flat. And so it's funny that you say that it's easier because I'm like, wow, it'd be so much easier to be on an easel because the problem is, is that I have to be so careful. The camera just doesn't get the back of my head. Right. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, that, and that's right, when yeah. I realized, wow, I'm really going great. Yeah, do something yeah, about that. Yeah. Well, Shelly was showing me her video yesterday and, and when, as she's changing cameras, I went, oh, cleavage. You've got to be careful what you're watching, <laughs> what you're wearing there, Shelly. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so, yeah. And so is, yeah. This, is this part of your, I noticed you've got this mastermind program, which looks like it's more mentoring, and then well, the behind the easel. more mentoring, and that's the business end of it that I'm doing. I had my first group on Monday night. Uh, two of them have left already. They, they didn't need me. Um, one of them <laughs> is an excellent artist. He just needs to, you know, he's probably listening, get off his doofus and do some work. And, well, sometimes uh, yeah, having that accountability they, is good. Yeah, they didn't need me. So I, you know, I'm more of emerging, teaching them how to write an artist statement. And it's also daunting, you know, when you start off and there are steps to do it. You know, I keep saying you can't do, you can't build your website until you have something to put in the website. So I'm trying to get them to do um, their bio and the artist statement and get their CV going. And, and so many artists think they don't need an artist statement. And yet galleries ask for it. Yeah. I was always surprised when I used to do the artist project and remember the old art expo down at the convention center? Yeah, I did that one. Yeah. yeah. Part of my youth, I think that's part of growing pains of being a real artist. You're not a real artist until you do a pile of outdoor shows and indoor shows and trip and almost fire your husband and almost kill somebody and run somebody. Uh, that's why I do it by myself. <laughs> yeah, I used to and, and my husband started helping me and we actually got really good at it. We could have our have my whole booth down with the walls and everything, my tent, and be out of this off the site in 10 minutes. We got so wow. good at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After a while, it was really good but now I'm just I don't have the energy to do the outdoor shows anymore I have no desire to do them I would rather drop off work at a gallery and let them do all that stuff oh see I'm I mean I love I love to work with galleries because I'm yeah. dropping some stuff off at Petrov tomorrow but uh, I, I so miss the outdoor shows like yeah oh, I, I, I miss I, too but I you know if I was 20 30 years ago yes <laughs> now, well, now I, by I, the time I, I got the tent up I'd want to now <laughs> Yeah, I do it. Yeah, I do it. Like a friend of mine, she hires basically art minions. So she hires a team. Yeah. They go, they set her booth up. And then, and that's actually kind of a great way of doing it because, yeah. you know, nobody really wants to have to put the tent up. But I like to be by myself when I'm hanging the work because no matter yes. what kind of plan I have, it always changes, right? right? Yeah. And at the end of the day, certainly it is nice to have help when you're kind of exhausted. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 Especially if you're doing the one of a kind because it's so long. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, it's funny because that one wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. No. And I, well, partially because I did a corporate, like executive level events for many years. So when you are on your feet for hours yeah. and hours and you get three hours sleep a night for six days while you're doing these shows, you, you get used so to it, yeah. it didn't seem so bad. And plus the fact that you don't have to slap your art, you can just kind of, you know, turn the light off and walk well, out the door. Yeah, kind of bonus. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. That's part of it. Yeah. The Toronto outdoor show, you had to take your art out at night. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I just yeah. double parked on Queen Street when I did that. Oh, I did that too. Yeah. <laughs> My booth was right on Queen Street. So it was, you know, we were in and out of there pretty quick. And, and, and we just dropped the booth down every night because it was my own tent. So, but I was yeah. very lucky that nothing happened to my tent. Very yeah. lucky. So, yeah. 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 So sure. anyway, I want to go back to your mastermind program. Okay. I'm actually kind of interested in, I guess the weird question is what, what, like I've seen a lot of these mastermind programs created. Is it is it is it a structure of mastermind or is it it's, something you kind of just um, decided to do or? No, this is actually done by a, a company called Leveling Up out in Calgary, and uh, Julie DeBoer is um, her, oh, her husband are doing it. Yeah, she's an artist, okay. and he yeah. already did this for corporate work. There's a lot of you know corporate masterminding stuff out there to help your teams and all that teamwork stuff. And uh, so she decided with COVID and all these artists being stuck at home that this was a, an ideal time to get uh, start off a new program. And so they've done it and they've got some really top uh, artists doing it, some really great ones. And uh, we meet once a month for two hours. And then I'm also meeting uh, 
two weeks after that for a quickie session to, you know, see how they're going and, and what they're doing. And uh, we had the first one, um, like I said, on this past Monday, and it was good. You know, all, all every artist wants to have their voice uh, immediately and stand out. And I, you know, I tried to explain to them, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> your voice finds you, you don't find your voice. And it, you know, it takes a good 20 years, right? <laughs> It doesn't happen overnight. Well, 20, show, 20 years or 200 shows. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. You know, if, if you're an artist that starts painting something and knows what your muse is right away, it's like, oh my God, you are so lucky. You have no idea. So I explained to that, them to that. And like the first thing I got them to do was write their artist statement because I said, you really have to do a lot of introspection to write your artist statement. It really makes you think about what it is that you're painting and why you're painting this. And if you're just painting, you know, pretty flowers and landscapes and somebody's dog, you know, then it, it, when you have to explain as to why you're painting this, it, it, there's a lot of introspection. So it will help them find out what it is that they're attracted to. In, and what, what's your recommendation on, because there's, there's, there's always this balance going back and forth between artist statements where there are some that are so convoluted and ephemeral and transcendent and that people don't understand it versus something great, that's more, more website, common language there's a great website i think it's called artsy bullocks or art yeah. bullocks yeah, yeah it yeah. just generates it just spews out this garbage that is absolutely don't you think the scary hysteric? thing is it's garbage but then you're like I swear I've read that artist statement. Oh, before. absolutely. Like, I'm sure some they make no sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some people have used it. Yeah, yeah. So what were you asking about? I was just what I was just wondering what your what your thought was in terms of how like there seems to be a, a fine line between readability and um, and kind of creating something that's a bit mysterious or yeah, otherworldly. No, 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 that's that's for I think the fancier your wording, the lower your self confidence. Keep it simple, <laughs> and you know, it, it, somebody should be able to read your artist statement and connect it with your work. And when I used to do the artist project, I would hang my artist statement as an experiment, and I was actually really surprised how many people went up and read it. Everybody, yeah. nobody read my bio, but everybody read the artist statement, and they would look at it. They would go up and read it, and then they'd stand back, and they'd look at the art. And then they'd look at me and then they'd look at the art and then they'd read it again. And then they'd look and they'd either shrug their head and walk away or they'd go. And I if it, it went like that, then I know that they, I connected with them. But it was funny because, you know, they'd look at me with the crazy hair and my paintings are pretty bright. <laughs> They're beautiful. <laughs> it was interesting to watch their facial expressions. It's like, yeah. oh, yeah, she really is that weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think that that brings up another really good point is that when you do your artist statement, it's true to you and you connect with certain people that are going to connect with it. But there's a whole bunch of people out there that will never connect to your work and they will never love it. Oh, and absolutely. That's and the way it is. You can't right? worry about that. No, you can't yeah. worry about that. That's why yeah. it, if that was the case, we would all paint like Trisha Romance. Right. And the, mm -hmm. and the world would be very boring. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So um, everybody's different and everybody has a different taste and your taste changes, too you know, as you, as you get old, yeah. um, <laughs> or as your life experiences change, you, your, your taste changes. And so your art's going to change and your artist statement is going to change as well. And that's the, that's the other thing I explained, you know, is you can have two or three different artist statement, depending on the body of work that you're working on or, or the, what you're using it for. If you're applying for a major show or if you're applying for a grant or something, then your artist statement is going to be different and change with that. But there's, there is a lot of introspection. I just rewrote mine because I'd been using the same one for years. And I thought, gee, that doesn't really fit anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe it's time to <laughs> walk the dog. Is that, and... <laughs> is, that, is that the one that's on your website about kind of the, uh, the chaotic, like, was it the chaotic vibrancy of Mother Earth? Yes, yes. Or, I think yeah, that's a great phrase. I was phrase. in a car with a friend of mine once and we were driving around up near Huntsville. And uh, <gasps> he started talking about what he saw in my art. And I'm like, can you record that? And he says, I don't have a clue what I just said, but it sounded fabulous. So, I, but yeah. it was the word chaos that he used, which is true. Mm -hmm. My work is very chaotic, but I find now that my my subject matter is the actual paint. You know, the the qualities of the paint and the surface tension and everything. The image that I'm using, you know, to my jump off image is just a muse. It's just a means of getting to the end point, which is the paint. And I'm yeah. definitely getting more and more abstract for sure. Yeah. And I have some well, acrylics I, in my studio that I keep 
dreaming about doing these acrylics are great things yeah i know you know i i love acrylics because i love the fact that they don't take forever to dry yes. so first of all i like the fact you kind of have to commit for me i like that commitment to right, color yes. or where you put your colors down yeah but also the fact that you can kind of go overplay them you know because they're Right. Because you have, you can really build those layers, but right. you know it's interesting. Because I want to say because it's I funny like about oils. You can drag a brush through it, and then you get eight different colors without trying very hard. I guess yeah. I do that on my palette knife directly. Like yeah. I mix my eight colors yeah. on my See, knife. I don't. I, I'm I'm very. I paint very much like because I started watercolor years ago. I still do. I I still mix with my brush on my palette. I don't use a palette knife, and I work very wet, and I do a lot of negative painting. Just call back to those years of working in watercolor with the happy accidents and the chucking paint. And at one point, um, not so much in the work I'm doing now, but when I was, I don't know, I like to think a couple of years ago, but it's probably more like 10. I used to actually start flat and uh, I was working on panel. So I would start flat and I would have the panels on sawhorses and I would do like a watercolor only with OMS. Um, and that was in my basement, which was probably not the smartest thing to do with the furnace around the corner. Um, <laughs> but I actually made like a watercolor in oil paint. And then I would flip it up and put some thicker brush strokes on it, which was really cool. Now I have an urge to do that again. I don't have room where I am now. Well, and I did that because I was, I was trying, you know, I work on panels. So it's about staying in the yes, first yes. panel, whatever. I sort of wanted to work on canvas so I could work larger. And, and so but I was actually working. <laughs> and so I was doing the same thing where I was creating these watercolor kind of backgrounds um, yeah. with on the canvases, which was super fun because it's very unpredictable and you kind of move the yes. canvas around. It's very right, yeah. energetic That's somehow. When you discover your floor is not perfectly level. I know that. <laughs> I try and do resin. I'm trying to do resin. I was just thinking with resin. And I'm like, yeah, that one oh, I'm going to yeah. have to totally resin twice because I can't get it even with the floor. It's too even. Yes. Even. You need those little feet that screw up so you can level your yeah. surface yeah oh sure. i know i totally have that yeah i know yeah. i i don't mind actually doing the resin but it's the prep work to get it everything even and straight and dust free that's yeah i've never done it. yeah yeah i'd have a hair in it right in the middle <laughs> oh <laughs> no i pull my hair, hair back i rarely wear my hair down i was trying to decide what to do with it if i was going to chop it short because i've had my hair really really short before but i can't stand having my hair touch my face <laughs> so i think yeah. i'm just going to try and let it grow so i can just stick it up yeah, it drives me crazy. So it's like, <laughs> well, it's like, it it's like, hair like anyway. a hair like fiberglass. So if a curl, the end of a hair touches my skin, it, it's really pokey and irritating. Oh, it's pokey. Yeah, it's really pokey. It's quite painful. Yeah. So you're doing your mastermind course and yes. you've got students doing that. So that's yes. pretty cool. And yeah. so how long does that last for? Um, I think it lasts, it's once a month. So it's as long as they want to go on. I mean, I could probably keep them busy for 10 years, right? So um, <laughs> yeah. It's as long as they want to go on and when they feel that they can jump off and do their own. But a lot of the people that I'm working with now, they don't even have a website. So um, right. I probably I trying to encourage them all to get an actual computer. You know, your iPad is, is not a computer. I don't care how fancy it is. It's not a computer. Totally. And yeah. uh, really, if you're seriously going to get into doing videos and stuff like this eventually, which I think we're all most professional artists are doing that you actually need to flip from a laptop to a desktop. I, I just mm -hmm. went to a desktop computer that's really fast and my life is so much easier now. But yeah. trying to, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get them, I'm, I may even give them a lesson on Photoshop elements. I just use the elements, one to resize my artwork and stuff. I don't need the big fancy one. Give them a class on that and show them how to prepare their images to apply for some bigger juried shows and send your works to galleries and get a body of work together and maybe do a solo show at some point and you know all that stuff yeah i'm just kind mm -hmm. of teaching them what's in my book yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i know your book looks good actually i was looking at it yeah well i i wrote that book because i um i did i was asked once to do some jurying for the society of canadian artists for new members and i was surprised at the stuff that came through that actually made it to the point where I was at somebody had actually written their artist statement on a napkin and taken a photograph of it with their phone and sent that with their application and I'm thinking okay this is a national organization you should be a little bit more professional than that and there is yeah. there's a proper layout for your CV and there's a you need letterhead and you have to you know it's a job you have to look at it as that because if you don't, you're not going to be in this, you know, 
you can be well, a they, and I think that's where yeah I think that's where a lot of artists do fall down because it's oh, I'm sure they thought oh it's so cool and creative and it's like no. your CV is not the place for creativity right no, it's, it's no, a place no, where like not. you say it's no. a business communication and it has to be professional absolutely because galleries yeah. don't want to work with creative flighty people they want to work with somebody that's dependable and professional absolutely yeah yeah for sure so yeah, yeah. And, and if you do that and you come across as professional then you're less likely to run into issues too you know when you submit your work or if you drop off work at uh, at a gallery and you have a proper consignment sheet on proper letterhead and my consignment sheet because i'm still using this great program um, actually puts down the wholesale amount as well. So there's retail and then wholesale. They know that I know what I'm expected to be paid. And because mm -hmm. it's all laid out and I have a copy of it and I know where every painting of mine is, I will never go and say, does anybody, has anybody seen this painting? I know where they all are. They're not going to take advantage of you because they know they can't. So, and, and there are, there are galleries that not even, they're not unscrupulous. They're just messy at business as well. And if they're messy at business, then you can't be, you know, and you need right. that contract yeah. to protect yourself. Um, I had a, a friend once who was in a gallery and she didn't have a contract because, you know, back in the days, she didn't really do a contract and the mm -hmm. gallery had a fire. And uh, fortunately oh, wow. she was, and I think the owner actually died or something. And she knew the son and the son knew her. It was a small area. And, uh, but because there was no consignment list, the insurance company just assumed that the gallery owned all the artwork. Oh, so you need that contract, you know, if something happens to prove that no, that work was there on consignment, it does not belong to the gallery, it belongs to me, it's being held yeah. in trust. So you, you got to protect yourself, you really do. Well, I think, I think the other part of that is, I think, is a big part is you also you have to be responsible for your own business. You can't, yeah, you know, we see this all the time at the Artist Network, too, where you know, you sort of say, okay. To be in the show, your piece has to be wired. They show up without it wired. And they're yes. like, well, I thought you'd do it for me. I'm like, all you're supposed to do is wire your painting. That's a pretty that's easy that's thing for you to do. Why is, it, why is it you're comfortable with me taking a screwdriver to your art and putting wire on it when exactly. it's, it's inappropriate, right? Exactly. So we started getting much more hard ass and kind of saying, I'm sorry. Yes. It's just not wired properly. Right. I can't hang it. So it's not in the show. Yeah, And, and people get really pissed off. That's one of the things that I... um wrote about in my in my book is is doing shows because we've all done shows where you somebody's got their cooler and their coat and their purse and all their crap in the booth and they're sitting in their booth you know eating and they're eating while they're talking to somebody yeah. or on their and, phones <laughs> or, or they're on their phones which i mean you can if you're gonna have if you're gonna have your face in your phone because there are lulls hide it in a clipboard so it looks like you're doing something productive i always had a clipboard around with some scribbles on it so that i look like i was making notes and looking very busy on that because that was before cell phones i'm yeah. saying i'm showing my age because in the in the old days and i always say you guys have no idea this is like walking through the snow and 10 feet of snow to school right when Both we ways. used to have to put our work against a black fabric backdrop and actually take slides of it do you remember are you are you oh, i don't know yeah. how old you are yeah yeah well yeah. no i i definitely well also i have a bachelor of fine arts so i remember right. i just came across yes. my slides actually yes. that i did for my practicum it was interesting i'm like oh yes. what a pain in the ass that was yes <laughs> and at one point in, in my basement i had this was at our other house i had two big 5000k lights to get proper lighting and then you'd blow the bulbs right immediately because they weren't LED. They were incandescent yeah. and they'd get really hot and they'd only last. They cost a fortune. They cost a fortune. And I had a neighbor knock on my door once going, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing in your basement? Every now and then yeah. we see enough light come out of there. They thought I had a grow up or something. <laughs> like, no, I'm just photographing artwork. But, uh, well, what, I mean, with the digital world, I mean, when you think about it, if you, if you work from images, which a lot of us do, you can now go out, take a photograph, come into your house while that image is still hot in your brain and get it on your computer and then get it up on a big screen. I have a 32 inch monitor that I use with my reference on it and paint it within five minutes. You know, and so that you yeah. still have that urge to paint it because we used to take pictures and then, you know, it would be six weeks later when you got your film developed and then you'd look at the thing that you thought was so wonderful and you'd go, what the 
hell was I thinking? <laughs> and you wasted $20 in getting your film developed in the film. So, I mean, the, That's digital, right. the digital world, I mean, this is the best time to be an artist, right? You can yeah. self-promote and, uh, and, and sell yourself. And, uh, you know, it's the best time to be an artist. Don't well, yeah, go have, to bricks yeah. and mortar galleries, though. That, they're never going to go away. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I, I always think, and you're, I think the same way, given the number of galleries you're in as well, um, is that there, it's a combination of the two, right? Like I always think it's really important to have multiple annuity streams. So you have it yes. through the different galleries, you have it through your commissions, you have it through your newsletter, you've got it through your right. studio. Yes. Um, and I think that's really the only way I think that you can kind of really have a, a career as an artist that's going to yes. bring enough money that you can actually yeah. pay the mortgage. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> have to, you have to look at it as a business. You have to get up in the morning and have your coffee and then go out to the studio and start your work day. You can't sit down and put the TV on and, you know, decide, oh, maybe I'll go out and paint today. You you, you got to put the work in. You got to go out and do it. And even if you don't paint every day, because artists do not paint every day, everybody mm -hmm. thinks we do. You know, we sit down and do paperwork and scrape paint off the floor and, <laughs> and clean your oil can <laughs> <laughs> and clean your oil can. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, paperwork is a huge part of it. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of artists don't, um, don't know what their artwork is. Do you use something to keep track of what you have and where it is and. Yeah, so I have, um, I have most of my stuff actually is on my website. So that actually I keep track on my website of where things are, which galleries they're in. And I can put notes in there as when things have sold. Right. But I also actually put it on the actual images. So if the image is with a certain gallery, I'll actually add that to the name of the But do you image. have a software or anything on your computer where you can move stuff around and do consignments and stuff like that? I don't. No, I know I've been talking. Our, our, I know a lot of people use Art, art, art Archive. Art yeah, Artwork Archive, yeah. yeah. I don't use that. I've been looking at them. Um, it's an online-based one, which I'm a mm -hmm. little hesitant for that. I'd like to own my software and be in control of looking, you know, making sure my stuff doesn't get deleted. Kind of, I'm just picky that way. <laughs> yeah. If, if it's going to get deleted, it's going to be my fault. So I'm using I'm using an old software um, that I would I'd love to get it going again. It's um, I years ago I found it on in Artist Magazine in the back. Remember they had those little you know by the X-ray glasses kind of thing. Yeah. I found this artwork back there and it's called Working Artist, and uh, it's it only works on on PC. That's the only issue with it. It's I'm a PC girl. I'm not a Mac girl. Um, yeah, me too. I'm, even though I'm on an iPhone, but it's a fabulous program because it keeps track of where everything is it keeps track of all your patrons what paintings they have where they are what jury shows you've entered um your images are the, it's absolutely fabulous so when i'm submitting a consignment i just i pick the images and then it does a report and my it's on my letterhead and my hst numbers there and i mm. email that to them with the images that are ready for their website so they don't have to do anything and just put them on and and they have the sheet and it's got the retail price and the wholesale price on it. Um, so they know that I know what I'm supposed to get. And uh, I just love it. And it's on my computer. So it's not web-based. Yeah. But the problem is with it is that the woman that um, designed it, Catherine Townsend, if you're out there. Call out Catherine Townsend. <laughs> I've been looking for that. I contacted several Catherine Townsend. She's an artist. And her husband was apparently a computer programmer. So she sold it to this other guy um, and I can't remember his name. I'd have to go back through my emails who had all these great ideas of making it cloud, cloud-based and work on a Mac and not necessarily cloud-based, but an app that you could, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, anyhow, and then I had been back and forth with him about it. And then I went to the website and there was nothing. And then I went to the Facebook page and there was one last post on it that said, my doctor says I shouldn't do this anymore. And then nothing. Oh, wow. So I'm thinking he's passed away. This was a few years ago. Um, but I still have the program. And the only issue with it is, is that uh, you can enter in the trial version, you can enter up to five artworks. And then you had to buy a license, which was only $150. Right. And you owned it for yeah. life. But I don't know how to, I mean, I don't want to make any money on this, although that would be nice. But I don't even know how to get a hold of the family. There's absolutely nothing out there i don't know how you, i guess you'd have to go to the american patent office or something to find out i don't know i don't know yeah and of course the problem too is at some point those programs stop working as your computers get more advanced well i've had a couple had programs like that i mean this is from like 1996 right 
Oh, and it's access, it's access based. And I'm currently on my new computer. Like I'm, I, you're, my iPhone's actually sitting on my screen of my old laptop, which I still works and I'm trying to clean it off so I can use it for travel. But I have a new desktop computer that's really powerful and I'm using um, Office 365 on it. Um, um, this little thing, which is a terabyte thing. And I store the backup data on that and then I can just load it right back on again. And so I've had no issues mm. with it. So, I mean, I would love it if somebody could hack, is that the word? Get their hands on this program and get it going again because it is really, really good. Yeah, but I well, don't and know I think, I don't I know think unfortunately, that, well, I think unfortunately the, way, the days of proprietary software are kind of over. I mean, because yeah. it's way easier to monetize a cloud-based solution well, as well, is, right? Yeah, but there's a lot of people, I mean, and it's not as powerful. I mean, for my, for my books, I use QuickBooks Desktop, and that was recommended to me by my accountant. He said the yeah. desktop one is much better than the cloud-based one, and, yeah. and your stuff is, you're responsible for the security. So, you know, you're not going to lose all your data or anything that's hanging around out there unless you're, somebody hacks into your computer. Mm -hmm. So I, I use that. So I, I prefer. So as long as Working Artist keeps using, keeps working on my computer, I'll probably keep using it. Although my brain tells me that I should look at something because that's one of the things I'm going to push in this mastermind program is, is knowing where your artwork is. You're responsible for it. And I see so many artists that you know, post a picture of a painting on Instagram and say, you know, this isn't in my studio. I thought it was. Does anybody know where it is? I have no record of where it is. And I'm just like, really? Well, first I mean, of all, you shouldn't be doing that. Second of all, I'm not sure you should be telling the world that you're like a loser and can't figure out where it is. Yeah. I don't well, you, know. can use a, you can use a spreadsheet too. I think I actually well, yeah. just Googled and you can actually put an image in a spreadsheet so you can. Oh, I, you, I do that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, you, so yeah, I, you keep track on your computer. So yeah, I think you could use a spreadsheet and that's probably okay. the most universal thing that you could transfer from one computer to the other. Yeah, because well, yeah. so then you can sort it and you can do things like that. I think for, I think for me, it's a, uh, it's a combination of my small pieces. You know, there you do so many of them that they, it's almost you almost wonder if it's worthwhile to put them into a system. So I, I just yeah, have I them on my website. Anything, and I don't even count anything that's under twenty four inches. <laughs> yeah. In my yeah. inventory. <laughs> yeah, I'm like you, bigger, better, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I like I like both extremes. Like I like doing the big ones. I do find the little ones for me are kind of cathartic. And if I don't really feel like doing a lot of painting, I can that's sit down right. and yeah. And if you've got you know, any left, sketch a few. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I used to do that. And then of course you wouldn't have quite enough paint left over. So you'd squish it a bit more. And then the next thing, you know, it's midnight and you have 42 little ones because you just kept squishing. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I do love the, uh, I do love the, I don't know, I guess the discipline too, though, of using all the paint on your palette. Cause invariably the pieces, that, the colors that you love the most are the ones that are already gone. Well, and, and you end up with those other ones. In acrylic, right? Cause it, uh, yeah. it goes, yeah. With oil. It I, goes. If I'm, if I'm away, for if I know I'm not going to be in the studio for three or four days, um, I usually just scrape the paint off. I don't, doesn't matter. Like with oil paint, it'll skin over, but it gets yeah. kind of lumpy and stuff like that. So I may save that and use it in an underpainting. First, yeah, I know Julie, Julie Veenstra puts hers in the freezer, I think. That's my husband's territory. Um, and my freezer is <laughs> pretty full. I'd have to have a fridge right, in okay. the studio to do that. <laughs> I, I don't cook, so that's my husband's turf and it would yeah that's fair yeah yep. that seems like a pretty good sacrifice yeah. yeah yeah so but I mean I paint so often I very don't have much left over and I just you know I don't save my paint at the end of the day I scrape it off and chuck it especially mm -hmm. the dirty paint if there's not much left and I know it's going to be dry in two days and I'm not going to get in the studio there's no point in saving it so May as well yeah 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 but you know I'm at that stage where buying paint is an expense and you know my time and all this stuff is more important than you know trying to save a tablespoon of quinacridone yeah red. yeah it's just yeah no I do that too I yeah. mean part of it is I, I like the the challenge of trying because I usually actually my palette I usually put it about I don't know 35 colors yes, different colors yeah yeah because the way you so, work right yeah you yeah so, the, so i do like that part of it but yeah. yeah you're right there's some times when you're like yeah i just don't feel like it so i'm just not gonna do anything with it yeah so yeah. and do you do um you do um actual painting classes as well or workshops yes i do yeah i i started i guess about i don't know i wish these things seem like two years ago but they're more like seven years ago which means i'm, I'm losing my youth somewhere um i started um, <laughs> it's okay to be a little bit delusional I started teaching a few years ago. I had a woman out in Vancouver that had been following me and um, I, I 
I did a demo for a group and, you know, discovered that I'm not as uncomfortable speaking in front of people as I used to be. My big problem is controlling my mouth. Um, <laughs> I always warn people. <laughs> There's cursing in this class. That's um, right. <laughs> I know some people take my workshop just to see what's going to come out of my mouth. It's quite interesting. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so I started uh, teaching um, the odd workshop. And then this woman in Vancouver emailed me and she says, I see that you're teaching now. So you're going to come out here. So I did, I think, three years out in um more classes please i did three years out in vancouver which was um a lot of fun vancouver island is just i mean i love it and i have friends out there right i don't know if you yeah. know john day my, si my sister's out there yeah yeah so it was like you know um you know two days of five days of teaching but party right right with your friends so it, it's and it's i love vancouver island it's just gorgeous i'm in a gallery yeah. there now up in Kew beach in the uh, oceanside gallery yeah. they're doing quite well yeah I'm hoping to get back there and meet her. Uh, but last time I went, I had an issue with my paint. I had always flown with my paint and never had an issue. But I did last time. So it kind of put me off a little bit. So my, my sister did because, you know, obviously supplies are really expensive in Vancouver Island. Right. Yes, um, they And are. so yes. she, when she comes to Toronto, because she does the Riverdale Art Walk and other shows in Toronto, the Artist right. Project, she'd buy a bunch of paint and then fly back with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she got into trouble because the customs person said, well, it's paint. You can't fly with paint. And she's like, but it's only oil and pigment. Like, there's nothing flammable know, about it. I know. Yeah, And they uh, eventually she had to leave it. See, I've, and had, it was only I've had no problems in Toronto because I think, I mean, Air Canada, it's actually on their mandate. Um, I fly WestJet because my husband was getting points all the time and I love WestJet. Mine, mine was when I was coming home from Vancouver Island. I find the smaller airports like to pretend that they're important and uh <laughs> and it, it wasn't so much that i got caught that pissed me off it was the way they did it i was actually within 20 minutes of boarding they called me i had been sitting there for two hours but within oh. 20 minutes of, and they said you have to go down to the desk i had to go through security again i almost missed the flight and she oh, said geez. well you can arrange to have um a courier pick it up and i'm like I'm boarding in 20 minutes. How am I going to do this? I don't even have a way to pack it because it was just in a plastic bag. It was packed yeah. as it's supposed to be, but I didn't have a box or anything. And I'm thinking, you know, the airport could have said, give us your address for $50 right now on top of the shipping. We'll offer that service of shipping it for you. But they don't do that. Mm -hmm. Think of the money they could make if they did that. I would have said, sure, here's the $50, do it as long as I get it home. Fortunately, the woman that ran the workshop, I mean, Vancouver Island is so small. <laughs> she was only 10 minutes away. And by the time my flight had taken off, she had whipped down and picked up the paint and then she shipped it back to me. Oh, that's uh, which, nice. But if she hadn't had that, I would have lost about $600 worth of paint. Yeah. I was there for a week. So I had all full tubes with me. Yeah, yeah, so I was, That's I was painful. quite upset at the way that was handled. So if I were ever to go out there again, I think I would ship it out and then ship it back. Mm -hmm. it just means you need twice as much paint because you have to have your paint at home to work with. Yeah, so I would do that again. I would never try and fly with oil paint. It's too difficult until they fix their mandate. Yeah, Yeah. well, I think the other thing too is part of it is that people just don't understand. No, but Air Canada does. It's the smaller airlines and they yeah. should. Yeah. Yeah, I think Helen was probably flying WestJet. I've, I always fly Air Canada, so I haven't really had a problem. And then yeah. at the other end, I fly out of Comox Airport, and Comox is so small, and Helen knows most of the people there yes. that I never found there's an issue. But I also didn't think I was doing anything wrong either, so it's not like I felt I was being deceitful oh, in I, customs. I didn't think I was doing anything wrong either. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, yeah. what do you do? I mean, I, I, could, I had friends out there I could have called, but, you know, if, depending on where they were, if they were up in Nanaimo and I'm at Victoria airport you know that's a long way it's yeah. a long way <laughs> so yeah there was that issue but yeah I, so after that i started doing i do about three or four workshops a year not too many and i do a two day two days intensive and i usually rent a hall somewhere i don't have room in my studio and i don't really want to start doing that so my idea was to travel around and rent these small halls uh, because it's good for the halls and then i could travel to areas so that the people taking the workshop would not have to travel as much because that's an expense, right? Well, yeah. it didn't work out that way. When I, I rented one hall north of London and I had people fly in from Kelowna. Um, and when I do Bloomfield, I have people that drive from Windsor. I had one woman drive up from the state. She comes quite a bit. She'll drive anywhere. So that, that just kind of, you know, 
went out the window. I just, I rent the halls that I like. There's a great little hall in Bloomfield called the Baxter Art Center that has great lighting. And, and it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful and it's cheap. I mean, cheap's important, right? Because if you're renting well, a hall yeah. from a government building, you, you know, you're looking at $1,500. Whereas I can rent from these little supporters of local, because there's all these little town halls, right? In all these little villages. And you can rent one of those usually for two or $300 for two days. And yeah, you have to good. set up your tables and stuff yourself. But I usually just have a helper come that gets the workshop for free. And um, I serve coffee and cookies and, and, and we do it there. And I just make sure that the stuff can say, stay set up all night and then take it down the next day. And it's, it's, it's been, it's good. Yeah. And it, because I'm organizing them myself, of course, um, there's more, you know, uh, mm -hmm. take, take home, but there's more work involved for sure as well. Yeah. So, and I have, yeah, it's a, it's, I've been hired by a few groups to do too. Yeah. So I, I'm doing that too. I had like six books last year. So wow. I went down to nothing. So I'm, I'm finally getting my button gear doing some, I have my first Online. virtual workshop on the 18th and 19th of February. And I'm, I'm doing it um, via zoom right now. Um, although I may change at some point and it's, Two days, I'm staying with the same format. I've had a few people say, well, why can't you do it for two hours every day? And I said, well, because it's oil paint and the oil paint will get sticky and you'll go walk your dog and do something and forget where your mindset was. You know, once you get into a painting and I'm trying to teach you something, you got to stay there with it, right? Because it doesn't work if you, you know, because it takes, usually takes an artist two hours for their brain to settle down and actually get some work done. So I'm doing that and I'm limiting it to 10 people in the class. And it sold out in an hour. That's amazing. I, I was Congratulations. Smacked. I have I have eight people on a waiting list for another one. So so I've ordered a good microphone and I've ordered another camera. So but my studio is really, really small. So I'm trying to find a way to set up cameras and stuff so that my back, you know, I'm not in the way of the camera so they can see the painting. So logistics are an issue. But I found this fabulous software for teaching art and it's mm. free so it's it's really good so i have found it um so i have sorted out the camera on the palette part because everybody wants to see you mix your paint right um, yeah. so now i just need to work out camera placement at the easel hopefully without knocking over the tripod <laughs> and uh well my, my painting space is only about 10 feet by 10 feet and you know how big I paint, right? Like my easel yeah. is 48 feet wide. <laughs> and, and of course, when you have all these cameras, you have all these wires and everything. So yeah, trying not to cause an accident. So we're actually, um, my studio is in my garage. It's only 21 by 11. It's very small. Um, we're actually getting some, looking at some prices of making it bigger. But our property is on a hill. So it's not just a matter of, pouring another slab and putting an addition on you it would actually almost like be a two-story building <laughs> so oh, we need wow. to build a foundation on a hill and everything so it it depending on the quote we get it's like yeah no so <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. usually the space is good you know if I'm not building up a lot of artwork it's okay because usually as I finish painting the artwork goes in you know so I have people that will say well can I come to your gallery and look at a piece because occasionally I will sell a piece um, out of the studio, always for the same yeah. price the gallery sell it for. Um, Absolutely. And they always say, well, can we come to your studio? And go, yeah, but don't wear your good clothes. Because um, this is not a gallery. This is a working studio. And you're going to walk in and go, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> is it safe? But I, but I think well, people love that, too, don't they? I mean, yeah, I, I find that yeah, people do. It's yeah. like when I sell a piece, they, sometimes they people want to come. And they go like this. And then they go, can yeah. you pull that one out? And it's like, oh, my God, there's like 45 paintings in front of it. <laughs> yeah. They're heavy, right? yeah so yeah but it's happened yeah and they they do yeah they like it yeah i think so. i think it's that it's that whole getting behind the scenes of uh sort of understanding you know what the working life of an artist is really like Absolutely. right like yes yes i find yeah, that I with art alchemy too i had i've had two really neat experience i had um this was years ago when i used to do the outdoor shows i had an accountant 
buy a painting of mine and at one he bought a couple and at one point I was doing the Halliburton outdoor art show I don't know if you remember that one it used to be a yeah. really good show in it's time Jamie McLean does that I think yeah does he still do, is it still going on I thought it was canceled I think I think I'm it's not over. sure I think it's done yeah. but I did it for many years that's where I was taught to put up my flap by myself and uh, this guy came in my booth once and I thought I recognized him. I'm absolutely horrendous with faces. And it was actually my husband, because at that point he was coming with me, um, that said, no, no, that's the guy from Oxbridge that's bought your paintings. And he was just standing in my tent, kind of looking around. And finally I went up to him and I couldn't figure out what he was you know, looking at. And I finally went up to him and said, can I help you? And he says, no, no, I have three of your paintings. He says, I'm just absorbing it. Because his That's life cool. is so left-brained that he just, all he did was stand in the corner and listen to me yabber on in my, <laughs> you know, and deal with people. And I guess that was that part of life that he, he didn't have because his life was yeah. structured. That's the way his job was and sterile office and everything. And it was like, after he told me that, he says, no, just ignore me. I'm not going to buy anything. I just came to, <laughs> came to suck it all in. I've got three of your pieces. So... And yeah. I was like, oh, okay, all right, fine. So I just I just let him hang around. I said, you can go sit in the back if you want to. And he says, no, I like standing here. I can smell the paintings, yeah. Yeah, or I have that too with people that love my work and they want a big piece, but they're not quite at that point where they can afford it. Yes. So they come and visit their work. Oh, like yeah. Every show, and then years later, they're finally like, I'm finally ready, and I've looked at yes. enough pieces, I know yeah. what I want. Yeah, yeah. and, and you, cool. you have to realize that, that when you paint large and you paint bright, and, and your work is a little kind of in your face it's not your average pretty landscape it, you know kind of like mine hits people over the head and drags them around the corner when they first see <laughs> it right they have to get over that shock a little bit uh it takes them a while to build that and and to rationalize spending that kind of money too right i, yeah. I can't afford yeah. work so yeah 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 you have to make sure you're gonna be living with this for a long time and it takes up a lot of space in your, oh, in yes. your home so you have to be sure that that's what you love yeah, i had absolutely. this i had this years ago and it was an acrylic i did this huge painting i think it was 40 by 60 which is not huge now, but back then it was. And it was when I was doing my Sky series that I, like, way, this is probably 20 years ago. And it was a large purple sky and it was done with iridescent paint. And it was really, it was quite neat. My cousin ended up buying it, but this guy absolutely came to my booth at Halliburton. And you know what? That's our 55 minutes. So that's our time. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry to cut you off. We do it again sometime. It was Absolutely, I could have talked for another hour. It was great. Yeah, yeah it was and great. Yeah. So um, your website will have your courses and your yes. mastermind yes. program and everything yes. on it. Yep, yep. There's and links uh, to everything on there. And I have a if you if you're interested in a um, being in a workshop, I have a. Um, I have two mailing lists. One of them is on the workshop page. That's the one for workshops. And if you're not signed up, because I, I always send out an email first so that those people that, that, you know, I have, they're on my mailing list, they get first dibs and it almost always fills up. Oh, the only other thing I'm going to say is that this summer I'm actually booked to teach a live workshop and I haven't put out the information yet. It's going to be going out soon. I am doing it in Bayfield over on Lake Huron. Nice. And I'm doing it as a favor. We're working it out so that I can donate the funds back to them. And it's uh, Bayfield Center of the Arts. They're trying to get this wonderful Center of the Arts will, that will actually have professional art shows and theater and everything else. So I'm going to be doing a two-day workshop there. And it's not through my mailing list. It's through them. So um, if you're interested in that, uh, keep your eyes peeled. Information will be coming soon. And watch your Instagram. Bye. Thank you so much. Great I've loved you. that. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Okay, that was a great conversation with Sheila. I honestly, could have talked to her for like another couple hours, as I'm sure that you guys could have too. So anyway, I wanted to thank everybody for joining me today. And we've got uh, next week at Talking to Artists will be episode 36. And we're talking to Renata Fote, who is a glass artist. He does some really phenomenal stuff. So I will say goodbye and have a fabulous week. Be creative.